us to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, from verse 3 to verse 6. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 6. Philippians 1, 3 to 6. Philippians 1, 3 to 6. I read. It says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all, making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So today is a day we will set apart to just appreciate ourselves, to just relate with, with each other and say, you've done a good job. Tell somebody you've done a good job. And the Lord himself will encourage you in Jesus' name. I said, the Lord will encourage you in Jesus' name. Paul was talking to the Philippians church, and he said, I thank God for you. I thank God for your love towards the work of God in, in, in Philippi. And in like manner, I want to tell someone here today, I thank God for your life. And I thank God for your love towards the work of God in this sanctuary. I want someone here to know today that because of you, the church is marching on. Tell somebody because of you, the church is marching on. Because, because of you, the church is making progress. And the church will continue to have you to look back upon for the onward journey in Jesus' name. In other words... If you are not there, if you are not involved, there's no going forward. But because you are involved, we are moving forward. Tell somebody because you are involved, we are moving forward. And because you are part of this work, tell the person, because you are part of this work, God is taking us to higher heights in Jesus' name. Amen. Number two, I look forward to your fellowship. I look forward to fellowshipping with you every time we come together. I look forward to seeing you. I look forward to saying, oh, you are here today to God be the glory. I want to thank God for how far God has brought us. I want to thank God for, for the things that God has made us to overcome. I was sharing with some of our brethren that there once upon a time, when coming to church on Sunday morning, I will be wondering, will anybody show up today? Yes, we have passed through such a phase in Christ Chapel. That on the way to church, you wonder, will anybody come to church today at all? And when you get to church and you see the first person, what do you say? Uh, the person doesn't know. But you are saying, ah, thank God he has come. Thank God she has come. Today I want to thank God for all of us. We are part of what God, the army that God is building. We are part of the future God is preparing. And we will not miss our rewards in Jesus' name. Amen. I said we will not miss our rewards in Jesus' name. Why do you think some people like coming to church? Why would some people just, I say, no, today I, will make, I want to make sure I don't do what? I don't miss that fellowship. Because when we come together, it's not the building. It's the fact that we're able to come together, I mean, in the presence of the saints. You know what the Bible says? I believe it's Hebrews chapter 12. He said, we have not come unto a mountain that is what? That is made with human hands. He said, we have come to what? To a heavenly Jerusalem. We have come to, uh, to an 
innumerable company of what? Of angels. We have come to the garden of saints made perfect. So when we are here, when we are worshiping God, when we are here lifting up the name of the Lord, oh, brethren, beyond what we see, there are greater things that we don't see. Do you realize that? In the book of, I believe it's 2 Kings chapter 6, when Elisha and his, uh, and his uh, uh, servants were in Dothan, the Bible says, the, the, as the king of Assyria was making plans in his room, God was revealing the plans of the king of Assyria to who? To Elisha. And Elisha was sending messages to the king of Israel and saying, so, 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 place, so place, the king of Assyria will show up. Do what? Don't go there. Not once, not twice, not three times. And the king of Assyria could no longer hide him. He said, who among us is revealing our secrets? To the king of Israel. And somebody said, nobody king. But Elisha the prophet, he sits in his room and he listens to every discussion you are making in your own room. Brethren, is that possible? Yes. Because the Holy Spirit at work reveals the hearts of men. The revelation was being given to Elisha. Elisha was communicating to the king of Israel. And so the king said, Go and find out where this Elisha is so that you can go and arrest him. And he said, we don't need to go, go anywhere. Oh, king, he's in Dothan. He said, okay. And the Bible says, he sent a band of Assyrians to go and arrest Elisha. And they went there. And that's where I'm going. They surrounded the city overnight. In the morning, it was the servant of the prophet that woke up first and he went out and what did he see? He saw that the mountain where they were were surrounded by the host of Assyria and he cried to his master, what shall we do? We are surrounded. And the master said, fear not for those that be with us, they are what? They are more than those that be with them. I don't know what the attendance in the church is right now, but I know one thing, the angels that are here they are more than those of us that are here. So you have come to the presence of the living God, to a place where God dwells. That's why we say when you come to church here, you experience what? You experience his presence and you experience his power. You experience the functioning of those angels he has sent to, 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 to work with this commission. To do that which you cannot do. Oh, to fix that small bolt by your tire that's about to fall off, that you're not even aware of. To ensure that that slippery ice that is ahead of you, which if your tire will step on, what happens? The car will skid to put heavenly salt on it. When your tire step up upon it, the way your tires will move, no winter tire can move that way. Angels on assignment. Because you have come to the presence of the living God. And they meet with you here today in Jesus' name. So I look forward to your fellowship. I look forward to fellowship with you every time we come here together. Number three, the covenant of God over Christ Chapel stands sure. And God is committed to his word as we go into the new year. There is a word that God has spoken to someone. But the assurance, the message God has given unto me for you today is that it shall come to pass. 
I said it shall come to pass. The seed has been sown this year. Oh, brethren, no matter how rough the year 2020 has been, no matter how dark the year 2020 has been, no matter how challenging this year has been, some seeds have been sown. And as we go into the year 2021, I want to tell someone here, you will fly. Because this year ahead is my time to fly. Tell somebody it is my time to fly. As if when he says it's my time, it's my time to fly. And brethren, it is it is accelerated motion. Some of us are still walking. Even though you are still walking, you have not even begun to run. But the Lord is saying, You will fly. I say you will fly. I say you will fly. I say you will fly. You will fly in Jesus' name. God will answer you in Jesus' name. God will lift you up in Jesus' name. You will not fail in Jesus' name. I want you to ask yourself a few questions as we round up this morning. Because the good work that God has started in your life, he will perfect. Do you know one thing about those good works? You know, at times God has started, but you don't know. Is that not so? At times God has started, but you don't see it. It's like a woman who has conceived. Many a times, the woman does not know that she has what? She has conceived. It takes a number of weeks before she realizes that, oh, what is going on in my body? But do you know what? The second the conception took place, who knew? God. And it begins to guide you aright. Because there is a treasure in your womb. A treasure for which he has a purpose. And I want to tell someone here today there's a treasure in your womb. Amen. Somebody is not saying amen. amen. I want to tell someone here this afternoon, go and write it down, there's a treasure in your womb. Amen. And you will testify to what God has done in Jesus' name. Amen. So ask yourself some of some questions. And the first question we ask ourselves this morning, which I'm asking ourselves this afternoon is, am I doing the best that I can? That's a very important question. Am I doing the best that I can? Does every excuse that arise become a legitimate reason for me not to go further in the work of God, in the things of God? That's very, this is very important. Am I putting in the best that I can? There are only two people that know the best that you can. And who are those two people? Very, that's it. Yourself and God. Know the best that you can. You know, the story is told of a man of God. I've shared this with us before. He was an evangelist. You know, evangelists are very flamboyant. God does many miracles in their lives, in their ministries, to bring souls to the kingdom of God. So he was an evangelist. He was well known. He did very well by human reckoning. Then he died. And by everybody's standard, oh, a giant, a spiritual giant has gone to be with the Lord. But the truth of the matter is, he was supposed to be a spiritual giant. But he died a spiritual, what's the opposite of giant? giant? A, a spiritual ant, a spiritual minnow. Now, the Lord now gave this man a revelation of what was happening in the heavens. The Lord opened his eyes. He saw the throne of grace. He saw God. 
He saw Jesus Christ. He saw the 14 apostles, I mean, the 12 apostles seated around Christ. But it was brought in from the place where there was standing room only. You know, some people would have no sitting room in heaven. Yeah, some people would have no sitting room, but even those people, they would say, thank God I made it. But you have more than that in Jesus' name. Amen. Your own son would not be just be, thank God I made it. You will have crown. You will have mansions. You will have rewards in heaven. When the Lord revealed this thing to this uh, man of God, what did he see? He saw that this popular evangelist, he had a place in heaven, but his place was standing room only. In fact, it was very close to the gate. That if care was not taken, what would have happened? He wouldn't have made it. So this man said, ah, evangelist, your life impacted my life. Some of your writings were very important to me. I still use them to grow and develop my ministry. Why are you here? You should be up there with the apostles. What was the evangelist's response? He said, thank God I made it. He said, because God gave me lots of talents. And when I started putting them to use, because I put in a little, and I achieved great, great results, what did he do? He relaxed. Tell someone you don't relax. Tell someone, don't settle for less. See, the problem with, that's the problem with many of us. God wants to bless you, but you are settling for less. God wants to make you a blessing. But you are happy with the fact that you have a house. Your mortgage is maybe fully paid or almost fully paid. You have health insurance. And you have additional insurance upon insurance. And you think that's the end of life. Don't be a failure. That's why you don't be a failure. God wants to do much more in your life. As it is spiritually, so it is physically. That I now, that I now understand. Our general overseer. When he turned 70, and they told him, oh, daddy, now it's time, just slow down, stop fasting. I mean, all this. The man said, the day I stop fasting is the day I what? I'm about to die. He doubled. He, I mean, you know, this corona thing, people, some people are crying and all that. It forced the geo to rest. His calendar was already full again. From one place to the other, all over the world. But the Lord said, you must rest. Many of us, we've done nothing. We are, we are happy to rest. There is a lot of work that needs to be done. That needs to be done. Ask yourself, am I doing the best that I can? Or because my little effort produces big results, am I saying, well, that's enough. I mean, uh, that's enough. The pastor should be happy with that. Are you serving the pastor? Anybody here who is serving the pastor? You are wasting your life if you are serving the pastor. Who are you serving? You are serving God. You are serving the God who sees in secret and rewards openly. You will not miss your reward in Jesus' name. Am I doing the best that I can? Secondly, am I contributing my best towards the progress of this work? Am I contributing my best towards what? The progress of this work. These two are related. That's different. Am I contributing my best? Paraventure, you see somebody that wants to come to church. Are you not the person that will discourage him? I say, eh, well, you see, it's true, it's the place, it's the that's the church I go, but, uh, you know, I won't advise you to go there. Hmm. 
The Bible says every idle word that we speak, we'll do what? We'll give account. After you have discouraged the brother, after you have discouraged the sister, you know I was just joking. You are joking? Some jokes some people make will take them to hell. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. I say it will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Am I making, contributing my best towards the glory of this world? That's number two. Number three says, am I giving the best of myself and my substance for what God wants to accomplish in this church? Am I giving the best of myself and my substance? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, I love that passage very well. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, Paul said, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. I will spend and be spent. The more I love you, the less I am loved. In other words, even though I love you more and you love me less, I will continue to do what God has asked me to do. One of the problems and mistakes some of us make is to uproot ourselves from the place God has placed us, where we are useful for His purpose. I'm going to start warming tears somewhere else and say, ah, their church is not the only church. But there is a place God has commissioned you to. It's nobody's church. I thank God my name is not in the name of this church. It's the redeemed Christian church of God, Christ Chapel. Nowhere on it does it have anything that has to do with my name. It's a commission from the Most High. Whatever service you put in here, who are you putting it in for? It's for God. I may not even see it. I may not even know it. I may see it. I may know it. I may not acknowledge it. It doesn't change what you have done. It doesn't change the reward that God has put down for you. The challenge for you is to spend and be spent for the cause of the gospel. One other question I put, I put here, I, I didn't mention it this in the morning, but it says, am I among those millionaires the Lord wants to raise in this church? Ask yourself that question. Am I among the millionaires God wants to raise in this world, in this church? This can only be accomplished by your giving and not just your amen. Is somebody with me this afternoon? If God will make you the millionaire that he, one of those millionaires he has promised, it can only be accomplished by your what? By your what? And not just your... In other words, thank God for the grace God has given unto us to be able to say, we come together to pray. Prayer is part of it. There's a principle that God has instituted. When you give, you do what? You receive. That the principle that God has instilled, when you give, it's a seed. And with God, you never get back what you gave. True or false? God is not as stingy as most of us are. You can never give God one dollar and get back one dollar. What do you get back? Multiples of whatever you give to him. Because God owes nobody. And that's the truth. That's the truth. Whatever you give to him, he multiplies back to you. When you give him zero, what do you get back? You get zero. 
Well, you give him excuses, what do you get back? You give him excuses, what do you get back? Excuses, they'll be multiplied for you. Like somebody said, some of us, our, our, our man, man, is it mantra they call it? Our mantra is no time. No time. But we all know, brethren, you have no time only for the things you don't want to make time for. You want to make time for it? There will be time. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. I said the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Remember what Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shaking together. You see? Your own is just to give. But when it is not being given unto you, there's what the Bible calls now good measure. Press down, shaking together before it begins to run over. All the air bubbles in between, they are expelled. Because it is time for, it is a season of payback. And I can tell someone here today, as we are going into the new year, it's the season of payback. God has seen your efforts. God has seen the efforts that you put through. And he said, I want to pay you back. And if he wants to pay you back, you can be sure. His payback is not limited. It's a multiple of whatever you have sown. If God wants to multiply your giving today as I round up, it is what you have given to your covenant location that he will multiply what will that be for you? When you go to Deuteronomy chapter 12 from verse 11, the Bible says, There shall be a place that the Lord your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. There shall you bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifice, your tithes, the heave offering of your hand, all your choice vows which you vow unto the Lord. There is a place that God has chosen. And for you as a member of this church, the place that God has chosen is here. Can God rely on you? Can God depend on you? Or are you a scattergraph? You are supposed to be a member of this church. But your tithe doesn't come to this church. It goes to one church in Nigeria, another church in Cameroon, and two in Toronto. And the leftover is your $10 offering that we get every Sunday. When God wants to multiply your giving, it is that which you have given to that your covenant location. The place to which he has called you. The place to which he looks and says, this is the place, I'm, I mean, I've, called, I've put my son to be a blessing. <laughs> if God makes you a blessing, then God will bless you. I pray for someone here today, you'll be a blessing. Amen. I said you'll be a blessing. Amen. And as you become a blessing, God will bless you. Amen. And that's why you need to ask yourself this final question. Am I walking with my eyes towards eternity? Everything I'm doing, do I have eternity in view? Am I striving to make heaven? Supposing the rapture has to take place as we are seated down here. Will I go? Will you go? Or will you be, oh, you know what? We were in church. And pastor was preaching. And pastor just disappeared. And his microphone fell on the floor. And we saw him no more. Where will you be telling your story? You'll be telling CTV. Or, oh, yeah, maybe CNN or Fox News. Or will you be among those that will disappear? Will you be among those that will be raptured? 
Are you living a life that makes you rapturable? Can God look at you and say, that is my son? Can God look at you and say, that is my daughter? Can God look at you and say, yes, the journey for the year 2021 is a journey that I'm preparing for this, my son, for this, my daughter. In Acts chapter 9, verse 6, Acts chapter 9, verse 6, I was in the office there and the Lord just gave me this verse. I, and I know it's going to minister to someone. The Bible says, Paul, oh, he was still, he was still Saul then, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? That is the heart cry of someone here today. That is the heart cry of somebody who is listening to me online. The person is saying, Lord, what will you have me to do? The God you are crying to, it will answer you. Amen. You must get to that point where you ask him that question. Because the Lord answered this man immediately and said, Arise, go into the city. It shall be told thee what thou must do. You know the Bible says, he has shown thee, oh man, what does the Lord expect of you? He doesn't leave anyone in the dark. He's willing to give you direction. But ask yourself those questions you have highlighted. And answer them sincerely. And you'll be prepared. You'll be ready. To fly in the year 2021. Amen. You will not be left behind. Amen. It's my desire, it's my prayer. That no member of this church will be left behind. Amen. And when I'm talking of being left behind, I'm not talking about the rapture now. I'm talking about in the work of blessing in the open heavens, in the grace that God has prepared for us for the incoming year. But you've got to examine yourself. You've got to ask yourself, where am I that I ought not to be? What am I doing that I ought not to do? What am I not doing that I ought to do? There's grace in abundance. And you will not miss it in Jesus' name. <laughs>